2: Hi, you're listening to Transforming Trauma. I'm Eve, and I'm here to remind you that healing is possible. We need each other, and it's much easier when we don't try to do it alone. Now, onto our show. My guest today is a dear friend of mine, Logan. We've known each other since before we could talk, and it's hard to put into words, very punny, I know, how much it means to me to be speaking with her about this topic about healing from sexual trauma and getting support. While Logan doesn't work in the field, we do go back to volunteering in high school with the Gay-Straight Alliance, and I'd be remiss not to share that she's a passionate advocate for dog rescue and a very generous human being who I admire. Initially, I thought this episode could be about what a great ally she's been to me and what that's been like, but we decided that we both support each other, so we're going to share about what it's like being a survivor and how it feels to find support as survivors. So I was thinking about where to begin and how this topic is truly the heart of why I'm doing the podcast, because healing from trauma is rooted in building connections in mind, body, and spirit, and that finding connections, creating a support system is absolutely essential. So just to briefly say that remember while you're listening that people's needs change over the years. And so hopefully this conversation reminds us that Understanding what's helpful and what's hurtful can change over time as our understanding of ourselves changes. And lastly, remember that responding to people, that people respond to traumatic experiences in a variety of ways, and different people can respond to the exact same event differently. The effects of trauma often lead to isolation, and sometimes people will say to themselves because they are afraid that expressing strong or painful feelings will scare other people away or be too much. Whatever the reason, isolation makes things worse, and finding people to talk to who can listen and help you feel understood um, is something that can be very helpful. So let's dive in. Um, without even getting into what it's like to be a survivor right now in the wake of Donald Trump, um, Logan, welcome to the show. What, what feels like it's the hardest part for you about being a survivor right now?
3: Thank you. Um, well, to give you a little bit of background, I had a traumatic experience happen to me in high school. Um, you and I recently connected about it about a month ago, but lately it just feels like it's been affecting me more than usual. I do feel like over the, the past several years it sort of ebbs and flows in terms of like how it affects me and where it comes up in my life and my relationships. But um, I'm set to get married in a couple months and it just kind of feels really heavy to think that I'm still dealing with something that happened to me 10 years ago. Um, fortunately, I just started seeing a new therapist who's been really great, and I'm just feeling hopeful that I'll be able to make more progress than I've ever been been able to make before. And I'm willing to dig a little bit deeper to get some of the suppressed feelings and, you know, things that have happened to me out. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now.
2: Wow, thank, thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry that that happened to you, and I think it's really courageous of you to share your experience with us today. I know that there's a lot of people who will listen and who can relate to what you're sharing, unfortunately. And I know we've talked about this before, but it, what you just said just reminds me of, of how silent survivors can feel, even in situations when maybe they're not explicitly told not to tell anyone what happened, and suppressing feelings, like you mentioned, can take a toll mm-hmm. on us, at least. Um, so what's something that you wish you'd known several years ago that you understand now?
3: I think probably the biggest thing is that you can't really bury your emotions. You can't pretend like something didn't happen and just go on with your life. If something's weighing on you really heavy, you have to kind of find a way to talk about it. It doesn't just go away. I think that applies to what we're talking about today. But honestly, for me, it's it's really you know anything that bothers me. I I can't suppress it. It just I end up spontaneously crying or it, it kind of finds a, finds a way to rear its head. Um, Yeah,
2: Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And I know other survivors would say that what happened to them might be the worst thing that's ever happened in their lives. And even if they don't want to think about it or talk about it, because let's be honest, why would, you know, it doesn't come up in conversation like very easily. So at some point or another, it's it's clear that it's impacting me or you or or someone, and it it helps to talk about it. And I'm sure we're going to get into kind of how you figure out when and who to talk to. So um, what advice do you have for people who have a friend or a loved one who's healing from trauma?
3: I would just say to check in with them. Obviously, you can't force people to share with you or talk explicitly about something that they're dealing with, but having a consistent friend by your side is so important. Um, This can mean texting them, a cute picture, an inspirational quote, going for ice cream, just kind of letting your friend know that you're there for them, even if it doesn't look like, you know, a sit-down conversation about the incident. Um, It's also okay to ask people how they want to be supported specifically, and it might be different than what you, you know, were expecting or what you would say yourself. Um, You're definitely Mm -hmm. the person that gives me the most support in that way. I've been so impressed with how you've assembled a support system over the years, from therapy to groups to social media friends. Like, you've really found a, a good group that supports you and I think that's definitely um, really aspirational. What advice would you give someone trying to work on healing for the first time and sort of putting together their group?
2: Well, well, first off, I just wanted to return to something that you just said because I, I really loved mm-hmm. specifically what you said about how sometimes it's, it's different than what you would expect and maybe it's not even what you would want if you were the one who was needing support. So just yeah. to understand that like you might not even understand, like, wait, you want me to send you, like, a comedy clip? Like, what are you, like, you know, the the request might not even be something that makes sense to you, but the bottom line is it's an amazing thing if somebody can identify what they need and, like, ask you for it, and I'm I'm sure we'll maybe talk a bit more about that, but thank you for for saying that, and I send the gratitude back to you, and I'm not trying to be too mushy, but I I wish everyone to have a, a Logan in their life, truly find a Logan and you can get through anything. And it's true that I I have grown a lot over the years and I give myself credit for the the work that I've been doing. It hasn't been easy. But learning to build a robust support system is truly like has meant everything for me. And it starts with finding just one person and it it takes time and patience to find someone you trust. And I'm actually going to drop a link in the show notes to an article I love about how to go about finding a good therapist because it can be (laughs) really hard just like figuring out which friends to go to about this stuff can be hard. And My advice is just not to give up because it's so worth it. I've never felt more hopeful ever in my life and grateful for the people who have identified and who, who show up for me. i um, will sure I'll repeat that again, but for me, getting involved in survivor advocacy work and connecting with other survivors who I can relate to and who just get it. They don't even have to know the details of my experience. They just like get it on a really core level. Um, This is a huge issue, like what you're asking about, like like where to begin to find support. So I'm working on a project personally right now. And in the meantime, anyone who's listening, feel free to reach out to me, and I'll send you some resources that I've found along the way.
3: Yeah, you said something that I thought was really interesting was, you know, finding a therapist, and something I just wanted to say is, I mentioned before that I'm feeling hopeful about um, a new person that I'm working with, but to be like completely candid, she's probably like the fourth or fifth person that I've met with, and that's not to say that like there was anything wrong with any of the people before. But I definitely think it's true that finding your person who you really want to go deep with—it's not wrong if it takes a couple people, and you know, it's it's not easy work, and you're not necessarily going to click with the first person that you meet with. Um, So what are some things that have made you feel extra supported and how do you deal with someone letting you down, like not sending a card or a text if that's what you asked for?
2: I certainly feel like I've learned a lot like figuring out what I need from the people who are closest to me. So I'd say that that would be like step one in terms of getting the support that you need for your healing, so identifying like what it is that you you want, which actually is really hard to do so I'm not trying to gloss over that. But also learning how. To,
3: what was that? Oh, I was just. Learn, I was nodding. <laughs> oh,
2: thank you for the nod. It's definitely funny to have a conversation like this over the phone. But um, learning how to be effective in asking for what I need is also been a whole other struggle. So sometimes that means like as lo- logistical as is my friend going to read her email? Because if I keep emailing her about stuff I need for support, and she doesn't really communicate through email that way, and she would prefer talking by the phone, like. It's a negotiation. This is, you know, people have, like, relationships have two different people in it. So that's an important thing that I've learned. And lastly, learning how to deal with being let down, like you mentioned, when people can't give you what you need because we're all human. And the truth is is the reality is not everyone can be that person for you, and that doesn't mean that they can't be in your life. Um, So that's been a difficult one for me. And what's been important is to realize that I deserve to be supported. I'm not a burden and that it's really about quality, not quantity. I don't need every person in my life to, to talk to about this. And I've learned that I never want a single one of my friends um, to think that they're my only support. I think that that's, that is a, a lot to carry, and no one needs to be on call 24-7, nothing like that. Um, I make sure that they know that those aren't my expectations. And yes, my language of love definitely involves affirmations. So any card or note that I've received over the years, whether from... I a good friend or someone who's heard me speak about my story. Um, I even asked for cards from some of my closest friends this past year, which, which was new for me, which I think you were referring to. So yeah. you know, finding new ways to, to say, you know, right now I'm feeling okay, but when I'm struggling, it would mean a lot if I had a card to look at on my wall. So getting creative and not being afraid to, to say that this would help me. Okay, my turn. So you and I have <laughs> talked about how hard it can be to understand and be there and how frustrating and that upsetting that can be when people let you down. So if you had to sum it up or give an example, what's something you think is something people
3: just don't get? I think the biggest thing for me is just these types of experiences become a part of you, and you really can't just sweep them under the rug, even if it might seem like the easy thing to do or like if something is inconvenient. So if I'm... Being super emotional, maybe it's annoying for my partner or a friend or whatever if I'm feeling down that day, but it is what it is and I can't really fight what's happening. I have to just find a way to to heal.
2: Yeah, I, I hear you. As some of my survivor friends have said recently, you know, I was silent for so long and now I found my voice and letting go of the shame that sunk my sailboat and I can't shut up. And I did just make up the sailboat part, but... My point is I like that it. I agree I agree. Sweeping it under the rug doesn't work. I tried that in the form of repressing memories and minimizing, kinda of like what you're saying, like you wanna just like move on. Hello. Mm-hmm. Like why would you not want to? Um but how about for you, what's something from your own healing that you've found to be supportive?
3: Having a friend like you to commiserate with and just knowing that there's so many people in this world that have gone through the same thing and have, have, and have found ways to heal. And I like what you said before that it doesn't mean that every single one of your friend is that friend. It really can be just a small group of people or one person. Um, it's really inspiring to me that you found a whole community of su- survivors to draw strength from and that one of your biggest goals is to pay it forward with resources to help other people.
2: Yeah, thanks for saying that. I mean, for me, just like you're saying about me, seeing other survivors healing and thriving has inspired me more than anything. And I think that, like I was referencing, survivors often worry they're burdening people, um, in part because they have gotten negative responses, or maybe societally they've, you know, internalized those responses regarding, like, if they're believed or if people kind of acknowledge the impact that's had on them. And I I mean Mm. this wholeheartedly that it makes me happy to be there for you or anyone who needs someone to commiserate with. Um, Not in, like, a misery loves company way, but, like, people like to help, I think, generally. Like, I know the world can be cruel, but, like, it's an honor when, like, a friend calls me in need or, like, I'm working with someone who who needs some support or just wants to vent. Um, Trauma has this messed up way of making us feel isolated and ashamed, and that's why connecting with people has helped me so much, and that's what motivates me to help other people. It's the best medicine, and it's free. Um, Is there anything else that's been supportive to you at this point that you want to mention?
3: Yeah. um, Over the last couple of months, I've had some really good conversations with family members that have affirmed that they want to support me as I deal with this. Um, I think the worry in the back of my head for all these years is that people have forgotten about what happened, and I'm sort of alone in it. But just hearing from the people that I love, even though we might not talk about it every day, that they do, do still think about it and they still want to support me.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a great point, and I'm I'm so happy to hear that. Is your experience right now just a simple statement that somebody wants to support you as you continue to deal with it? Like that just says so much. It's an acknowledgement that this didn't just like end years ago, that this is ongoing, and it's just, I feel like it can be that that simple. Um, it makes a big difference if survivors like you have, have family that they can count on or talk to, but realistically not everyone does have that kind of communication. Um, I also want to say that I, I think that it's huge, and I'm with you about people forgetting what happened, um, mm-hmm. and it, it speaks to what we were saying earlier about the value of, of checking in. Um, there's so much more to talk about, but I think one one point that I wanna make before we start to wrap up the conversation is that whether it's an anniversary to a traumatic event or there's like huge headlines about sexual assault that could be triggering, there's there's been so much, especially the past year. Um it, yeah. it feels good to be checked in with and I don't know about you, but I'll never be mad if someone says, Oh, I was thinking of you when I read this or I saw this happen today and wondering how you're doing. On the contrary, it feels really crummy when there's no acknowledgement. It feels like it's always on me to bring up the topic, and the reality is people are afraid and don't always feel comfortable having these conversations. So I think that one message I want to send people with today is that we have to be brave. We want to be there for the people that we love. Um, And to come full circle as we close this conversation that I would love to have for for a lot longer, but um, this podcast for right now is titled Transforming Trauma. I was just curious in a few words what that means for you right now.
3: Yeah, first of all, I love the name, but um, I think it just means making taking something negative and painful and maybe finding a positive. For me specifically, it means that, you know, this experience has brought our relationship closer and it's allowed for me to have some really productive conversations with family members and things like that. Obviously, we wish that these types of experiences would never, ever happen, but they can also help us find our strength and maybe even connect with other people who've gone through similar things.
2: Yes, beautifully said. Find the people who want to support you. They will show up. Keep reaching out. You deserve it. And thank you, Logan, for joining us today. It means so much to me to have you as my first guest on the show. And once again, thanks for your time. It's been a real treat. And thank you for listening. Until next time, Be well. And lastly, I want to plug one of my greatest supporters, the Beyond Surviving podcast with Rachel Grant. You can learn more at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Thanks, all.